everybody and welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast. We're recording after the Merseyside Derby, a very, very, very disappointing nil-nil result, uh, which leaves Manchester City one point in front of us uh, going into the last nine games, but it's not over. Joining me tonight, first up in Belfast, we have Dave Dunning, um, who's struggling with hangover as well, maybe. Uh, Dave, how are you? I'm actually not too bad today. I think I got away with it. I did genuinely think yesterday it was going to be a two-day effort, but... I seem to have got away with one. Aye, that's about the only positive I have at the moment. Ah, Class. Ah, now, there's positives to be found, and I'm sure we'll find them. Aye, I know. I'm, I'm sure as, I'll find as them at some point. As we amble our way through this podcast. Uh, and next up next up in Berlin, we have Genghis Gorkery. How are you this evening? Uh, similarly uh, disappointed? Yeah, it's been... Um Quite a rough day for me, to be honest. Um, and yeah, looking to uh, get some stuff off my chest. But I mean, slowly soaking it in. It's it's getting slightly better, but it, it, it was a very disappointing night last night. Absolutely, it is. And look, I've seen us come back from worse in winning leagues. Uh, we'll go into that later. Uh, and f- but to finish off the panel, last but certainly not least, in Berlin again, our man Neil Patterson, Chief, um, recovering... <laughs> Happy, unhappy, pissed off, wanting to die, suicidal. Take your pick. <laughs> well, it's it's the archetypal Blue Monday, like isn't it? It's uh, not not been a good day, uh, and I'm sure we're going to get into it. Uh, I'm sure we've all got a lot to say on it, but uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's not over yet. Plenty, plenty of time to go, and. We're saying off air there, there might be twists and turns to come. So, but uh, obviously it's disappointing. Absolutely. And, I, and just before we get into it, I just want to say to the Klopp out brigade, would you fuck away off and fucking follow something you might be good at, like flower arranging or something, because you know fuck all about football. Right, on with the podcast. Dave, where will we start with this? Um, you know, it, we had chances in that game to win it. There's no two ways about it. We did. Salah a bit off form. Fabinho's taking a bit of crap, but I think the way that Paul arrived at him was a very, very difficult uh, effort for him. It just didn't work. It really, really, really didn't work. And I've watched the game twice, and it was fucking painful the second time as well. But you know what? There's a bit of credit in there for Everton, I feel. Um, they played us pretty well, but we failed to take our chances. That's how I feel about it. I think a lot of people are concerned about the performance. And yes, there's concerns about the performance and the number of draws and the lack of goals. And I get that. And there's certainly an issue with the three front players. They don't quite seem to be at it. Although Mane's been scoring goals, he's played in fits and starts. Salah, you know, he's two chances he should gobble up there. You know, and if he, if, if he wants to be renowned as a, as a world-class a world-class goal scorer he, he needs to gobble those sorts of chances up and you know even down things down, down to his first touch isn't even hasn't even been great Firmino he was out he, he's phased back in I suppose I think we hoped he would start a reggae dead alright but there's a little bit of a lack of quality there I get that as well but we've, we've got We've got what three, four, three, four really good chances to win that game of football. Salah's two. I think I don't think enough has been made of Mane's header where he heads it back across goal where he should score. He should score. He should just he should just guide that. He doesn't need to put any power in it. Just guides that across goal into the far post and it just drops in and that's a goal. Salah's behind him as well. He probably was better positioned because it was a bit high for Mane. Um, and then Fabinho's one. 
I know it comes at an awkward height to him, but I don't know. I've seen players just throw their knee at that and hope it goes into the net. And sometimes it does, sometimes Dave, it doesn't. But Dave, do you, do you feel? Mm? Do you feel? You know, they were very. I think Everton were they, were they deserve credit. They pushed our fullbacks backwards. And if you look at it, you had Robertson and Trent, and they were delivering balls, you know, much higher up the field than we, we would normally, you know, maybe they, they reach the, the, the corner of the 18-yard area, start whipping them across. Both of them were delivering balls way before the 18-yard area. And, and that was, I think, due to the fact that Everton were, were, their game plan seemed to be pushing them back, you know, stem the flow. And, and, and if you do that against us, we saw it with, with Trent being missing. Um, you know, and, and then we saw the Watford game where, the, where, where our fullbacks were so dominant. I, th- I think this is what Everton did well. They killed our fullbacks. Yeah, and that type of thing is going to happen now, especially after the Watford game where, you know, there was so much focus on the performances and, oh, th- two, three assists, hat-trick of assists for Trent and two assists for Robertson. They've been doing that all season. The, but but that, that game, and it frustrates me, those games, and things like that when things like that are highlighted and things like that are painfully obvious to the opposition to see that, that it's such an effective weapon, and the fact that they managed to nullify both of them, yeah, okay, fair play. And to then them. we have nothing in the middle, you know, the likes of a creative player like maybe Coutinho used to be and whatnot, to, to, to make things happen down the middle. We, we, I think part of the problem is we've become so reliant on the quality of those those fullbacks uh, and their crossing. Yes, and yes, and no. I think I think what we need to consider here is this is a derby, regardless of how shit Everton are, because they're not a very good side. They've been off for 17 days. They've obviously worked on something. They're a, a morale-boosting result against Cardiff. It's a way of Goodison Park. They're never easy, you know? We go there last year, it's nil-nil. We go there the year before, we snatch it in the 94th minute. It's never an easy game. I think we dominated the midfield. I think Sigurdsson was hardly in it, to be honest, bar flashes in the last 20 at one point, he's getting a round of applause for picking the ball up midway inside his own half and beating two players and playing a square ball. That's where his most effective contribution was, particularly in the first half. So we do that. We make enough goals scoring chances to win the game and we don't take them. So if that's, you know, if that's Rafa Benitez going there, you're thinking great, great away performance. They have no chances, no chances at all. We completely nullify them. And we make three, four really good chances and we should put them away. And we don't. And that is my overriding feeling at the moment. I get the issue and the concern around the subs and I'm sure we'll come on to that. Um, I understand the frustration with the recent draws and, and lack of goals. But I think that's more down to a lack of form from the front players than necessarily an issue with the system or the midfielders that we're playing. And the other kind of question is where is Nabi Kaida in all this um, God, it's, a question, so, it's a question we've been asking all season to be honest with you he's been an, he's been a theme throughout this pod throughout the season when we're going to see him when we're going to see the best of him and, and like honestly you know he played himself into a bit of form dropped for the United game and dropped off the face of the planet and, and I think he, I think yeah he, he, he's pretty much a man on a mass performance and then we haven't seen him since I've seen him a combined total of about twelve minutes since, which is I just find it I just find it absolutely bizarre. Well, here let, let's th- let's throw it across maybe Dave to, to to one of the guys in Germany who maybe have experienced him, you know, in, in a title run and whatnot. Uh, I'll, I'll come I'll come to Genghis on this one. You know what what did you feel uh, with that yesterday? You know how Klopp managed that game, and I know that I know I know you're angry from from what's happened and whatnot, uh, Genghis, but. 
I, I think this one, you know, falls on, on the shoulders of Jurgen Klopp, uh, you know, the subs and whatnot, and the mentality of, of hanging on at 70, 70, 75 minutes, the mentality sort of changes to, to hold on to the nil-nil rather than going for the jugular. And, you know, I've seen it all over Twitter. I've seen the pundits at it today. Uh, and Alex Ferguson's side wouldn't have done this. You know, a point to them was useless. But Klopp seems to have this pragmatism about him. And, and I'm maybe my concern, my worry. Uh, you know, I, I still very much believe we're in this title race, and I don't think that that, that draw yesterday changes us um, uh, very much. Other than it's not in our own hands anymore. Um, I, I think there's points to be dropped. We'll get into that, obviously. But uh, do, do you think Klopp's maybe become too pragmatic? Was this something you saw, you guys saw in Germany um, during the Dortmund run-ins and so on? Talk to us. Uh, well, I mean. You know, we're all very disappointed with, um, you know, the, the game in general, but also the subs. But I think um, the subs were all um, carefully calculated and planned. Um, and, and I don't think um, Nabi Keita or Shakiri were ever going to come onto the pitch because, you know, if you're not going to... I mean, I suppose if we had conceded a goal and we're absolutely chasing the game with um, so much to lose, then we'd probably see uh, Nabi Keita or Shakiri come on. But... Um, you know, as long as the game was um, nil-nil, I don't think they were ever going to come on because, um, I mean, there, there could be two reasons. One is that they're really not convincing uh, in training, or but we'll never know that because, you know, we're not on the training pitch and Klopp would never admit that to the press. But um, the other thing is that uh, Klopp didn't want to take um, the risk of being overrun in midfield. And, you know, he, he, he always prefers having the clean sheet, of course, and I, I would do that as well. But that would be. Uh, that means that he accepted that the game could end in a nil-nil draw. But I think uh, the main issue here is that um, he trusted the uh, one of the front three to at least get one goal. And to be honest with you, if Salah scores one of those um, two clear-cut chances he had, and uh, mind you, he also had a few more chances, not as clear but still um, uh, possibly convertible chances. Uh, you know, obviously Fabinho has that chance. Mane, as uh, Dave mentioned, he, you know, he 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 he, dive, he tries to get the ball back into the box as opposed to just try and score there. You know, Bobby has a shot deflected uh, towards him. He he takes a shot. It's uh, I mean, there's a lot of people there, but you know, we, we did have um, enough chances where uh, you know, uh, in apostrophes. On another day, uh, we would have taken those chances, but you know it's not and about. We, on another, do you think? Do you think if we took, if we if we take one of those chances that we kick on and it's two or three because there, there was a sense we were so in control of that game, you you know up until basically seventy minutes whenever Everton decided they were going to come at us a wee bit more, and even then they, they were very cautious about it. Um, you know, it wasn't kitchen sink or anything, but. The whole thing of, of, of winning this league and, and staying in front was, was of paramount importance. Klopp seems to... And, and you know, I, I've questioned Jurgen Klopp before, um, and it's not that I want him out of the club. Far from it, complete opposite. But he's there to be questioned if, if we feel that way. And I just question, is, is this maybe a mentality from the Bundesliga that, you know, the draw is better than, than losing, going for it, you know, dying by the sword, um, you know, as opposed to dying by pragmatism? What's your thoughts on that? No, no, I, I, I don't think it's it's a Bundesliga thing. It's rather, I think it's Klopp's experiences in England, you know, like uh, when we had Coutinho or uh, even before that, when we knew we were conceding goals and, you know, we, we tried to um, just blitz teams left, right and center. And it, it worked for most games, but you also saw 
um, how it didn't work in in certain games. Um, and you know, I, I think it's Klopp's own personal experiences that are, that has kind of led to him uh, being a bit more pragmatic because. You know, the, the chances are you go absolutely wild and, you know, there's still nine more games to go. Um, and if, if you if you press the panic button now um, and you just go, like, take everyone off and, you know, I mean, no one can argue that, you know, aside with Nabi Keita uh, coming on instead of James Milner would be throwing in an extra striker or something like that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's, I, I think he real, he's probably more, much more calm and patient than we are as you know we're so desperate to you know you know it, it's a derby it's Everton as well and we want to beat them but and perhaps we did respect them a bit too much and we discussed this uh, earlier uh, briefly but I think I was I was really upset with all the substitutions and everything and it was very disappointing and he does have to take the blame for it but at the end of the day when you think about it in a more calm um, absorbed way then I'd like to say it's not the end of the world. Yes, we have given up the lead, which we've had for the last three months. And now we're one point behind. But at the end, no one called City bottlers when they lost against Newcastle or when they lost against Leicester, when we were seven points clear and it could have been 10 and whatnot. They're already, they're already champions. And I think that's what's what's saving them from that particular tag. And, and it's what is, is drawing people to the word bottlers because you know the, the length of time is almost 30 years so we've never won a Premier League they want us to bottle you, you know there's a, there's a there's a strain within the media there's a strain within rival fans that, that want us to bottle because it's great it's great to laugh at and don't get me wrong if it was an opposition team I'd probably be reveling in the joy myself right now we're one point behind we have everything still to play for and it's, it, to me it's about believing that this team, the team that, that Dave Dunning and I at one point in this podcast said, who is, who is going to beat this team? Actually remembers who they are. And We've still only lost one match in the league, no, by the way. Exactly, Dave. Let's remember those words because they're still the same team. Uh, they were still the same team that blew Watford away uh, midweek uh, last week. It's still there and it's just about getting it back and getting the belief back again. Neil, I, I want to bring you in on it because you've, be, you've been sitting out in the cold there long enough. You know, your thoughts on it and, you know, I, I just think that we're coming up against teams at the minute, especially like the Derby and whatnot. You know, you're, you, they're, the likes of Everton, they're games we need to be winning now. It's really not, in my opinion, the time for such pragmatism. Pragmatism we need, but I think we're just being over-pragmatic, but it's all still there. It's up to us to remember who we are and push forward. Yeah, I would, I would agree on the over-pragmatism, I mean, or the overly pragmatic approach. We just paid everything far too much respect from the get-go yesterday. I, as we said pre-pod, I was expecting to see four-two-three-one. I was expecting to see us line up how we've lined up against the, the other bottom 10 teams in the Premier League this season. Um, and what we've what we've proved again yesterday, and what we've seen actually against Manchester United as well, is that um, when we employ a, a kind of a, a four-three-three against it, well, maybe not so much in the United game, but when we employ a four-three-three against a, a team that that is really setting out to to defend and to stop us from scoring primarily, which was undoubtedly Everton's number one target yesterday. It, it runs it can run into trouble it has run into trouble in the past and and it's running into trouble at the moment uh you, it that relies uh, especially when the um when the the opposition is doing a good job on the fullbacks as has been mentioned 
that really relies on the front three to be absolutely on fire. And you need a link from midfield as well. And when the midfield is essentially being bypassed for, for most of the most of the game, uh, or for large chunks of the game, that's that's never really gonna gonna come. So no midfield runners into the box either, Neil. And, 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 exactly. and well, you've got no, you've got nobody in that midfield who's willing to break the lines and take uh, either either by being the third man runner or by um, taking a player on and beating them and, and breaking the lines that way. And actually, it's 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 quite a sort of sad thing to say that Joel Matip at times. Was was showing the way in a, in an attacking sense Incredibly. by making, <laughs> making those bursts, and you know he gets some stick for it because sometimes he doesn't find a pass at the end or whatever. But he certainly won a couple of free kicks, and he did find Salah on one occasion, which led to a really good chance. Um, and he was showing basically that if you if you run at this Everton team, there are going to be bodies everywhere. They're not going to have a they, they can't deal with it. They're set up to defend in lines, and we were playing in lines. And, what did you uh, make of one album, though? You know, he's been one of our best players. I think he's carrying the injury, to be honest. He Is didn't, that what you think? Yeah, he didn't look 100%. He's been, been wearing a strap for a while. He was sure he had some mad stomach bug as well before that. And he's basically been a machine the whole season. So I think he he's just wasn't... It's very unlike him to be the first sub as well. Um, but it was justified yesterday, don't get me wrong. It was, it was absolutely just, justified, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but what he was replaced with was... was how often have you seen that? Yeah. Very, very rarely. Um, in his career, he usually does the ninety. To be fair to him, um, usually no matter how people think he's playing, uh, he, he generally is. He's one of our fittest players. So I think he was maybe carrying something. Uh, the subs have sort of met, been mentioned. I think that's that's more over pragmatism. I understand bringing Bobby on completely, so I can't really argue with that. Uh, I think we all would have done it. Although, uh, sort of paradoxically, the way Bobby ended up playing, we actually lost quite a lot with, with Divock going off because uh, he was providing much more of a physical presence and um, and just just a little more for everyone to think about, a little, little bit more of that, um, that kind of, um, I don't know, uh, but, surprise factor, like, Neil, you know, Neil I, I think Firmino was on a high end of nothing coming on there yesterday anyway because there was no fluidity. There was nothing really happening. We weren't playing. But yeah. it, it, it would have been a difficult one for him to just slide in and, and fit in. Um, Absolutely. There's nothing to link. You exactly. Know? There's nothing, nothing happening. As we said, the ball isn't, isn't coming through midfield at all. You can you can argue whether he was 100% fit or not. So maybe you're bringing on a 90% fit Bobby as well You know because you're, you're looking for something there. But that one definitely looks pre-planned. You know, Bobby for... for you knew that was going to be the first sub. There was never, never a debate about that. But the one for me, the real, the real big one is, is Milner coming on there for Wijnaldum. I just don't think you need it. I think when you've got a Fabinho and Henderson sitting there, you just put them in a double pivot, put Naby Keita in front, and you tell them to go and link the play and get at them and run at them. And, you know, that's, that's his whole purpose. And it, he had an illness and then he was slightly injured off the back of the illness, so he hasn't been fully fit. I believe that he was actually left out of the United game because he, he wasn't 100% fit like uh, through illness. So at, it's not just that he's kind of been dropped like a stone, but he was on the bench and you think, you know, this is your time. Come on, make it happen. You, you don't need to bring on James Milner when you've got Fabinho and Henderson on the pitch. You no. don't need that. With, with 25 minutes to go, whatever it is. Well, what sort of baffled me about... Like, uh, Milner's been great for us this season, and, you know, you get 100% out of him, but 
He seemed to come on. Do you remember? Do you remember the the, the derby where Jared got himself sent off a couple of minutes, or was it against United or something? Uh, yeah, was against and, United. And, and that and that seemed to be the way Milner came onto the pitch. He came on playing a different game to the rest of them, uh, or a different. Well, it's like he hadn't. It's like he hadn't. Been watching, yeah. He, um, he played a completely different tempo. I mean, his passing was was, which is normally great, was like so heavy. Everything was fucking. Well, his belted. first his first ten minutes were just shocking. I mean, yeah, exactly. they were just absolutely shocking. I think they're the worst ten minutes I've ever seen anyone have. And obviously, Milner's a very good player. And I've got no problem with him normally, but I think that he was the wrong man brought on in, in at the wrong time yesterday, and he played like it as well. Um, I mean, of course. Uh, Klopp can't really legislate for Milner stinking it out, uh, which he did. Bobby also stank it out pretty much after coming on. And, you know, Lalana, none of us know why on earth he's getting on that pitch. I mean, it's been said that he, he holds the ball and maybe Klopp was worried at that point, 82, 83 minutes, maybe we lose it. It's more catastrophic than, than when we win. But I can see that. And if we end up winning the league by two points or something and this draw has, has made that happen or by one point and this draw has made that happen, then then fair enough. Uh, in the long run, Klopp will be will be vindicated for taking the more pragmatic uh, we shall not lose this game approach in the, in the last 10 perhaps. But it's a big, big risk. It's a big gamble because you put it back in the city's hands. And although we think there could be trouble for them ahead in, in, in certain games because of injuries and whatever, and we'll get into that later. You just you would not put it past them to go and win online. Perfectly within their remit to go and do that. Perfectly within the realms of possibility. And if they go and do that, and we come second and we get ninety-seven points, we'll all go. Yeah, that was absolutely amazing. Can't fault the lads. Can't fault the lads. But we still haven't fucking won the league. And so just kind of jump in there on uh, uh, on the Milner substitution. We we, we had a look earlier um, uh, at like uh, comparing our midfield players and their contributions to. Um, how we play defensively and attacking-wise. And uh, when you look at Milner's overall, you know, s- since the start of the season, his contributions have been incredible compared to even uh, our own midfielders, like all the expected goals and all these kind of related stats, both attacking-wise and defensive-wise. He covers so much ground. He contributes so much both attacking-wise and um, defensively. But uh, I, I just think that, you know, his best performances uh, for us have come when he he played primarily on the right-hand side of midfield. And w- yesterday, he, he just had instances where he was he was mainly based on the left. And I couldn't really understand that because he was just making runs, just like daft runs. And, you know, it was so predictable that he was just going to cut cut over to his right-hand side and just put in a pointless ball. Uh, that was cleared by the defense. So I think the main strength of playing um, Milner is when he plays on the right-hand side where he can drift to the right wing positions. And, uh, you know, when he's uh, overlapping together with Trent, you have two people who can put in a good ball and that kind of confuses defenses. And uh, the other point is that I think Milner, he's the kind of player where you actually start him during the games and then he starts having a much more bigger influence. You know, like you saw how... Um, uh, he started the game against um, uh, Watford, where in the first uh, in the first few seconds of the game, he puts pressure on the goalkeeper, and you know that, w- when you start with a tempo like that, then that can kind of unbalance or distort uh, the uh, the opposition midfield or defenders. But if you bring James Milner on uh, in the second half, when the game has already um, got kind of cagey and we already missed a few chances, and you know I, I don't think that's the the right kind of timing to bring Milner on but I, I certainly don't doubt his uh, contributions to the team or his role in our side and 
you know, if especially if we uh, maybe maybe this will be a talking point um, uh, in, in some minutes, but um, you know, we're, we're still in the Champions League, and I have absolutely no idea what kind of game plan uh, Klopp um, will have for the Champions League. Obviously, we play. Um, three games um, uh, uh, in the span of a week, um, Burnley, Bayern, and then Fulham, I think it is. So, um, you know, if, if we um, get past Bayern and we're still in the Champions League, then we're definitely going to need all our players. And, you know, Milner will be very important for us in, in that case as well. But I certainly think that Milner, Henderson and Fabinho should definitely not be a midfield three if, you, if you're desperate to get a goal. I mean, if you're playing a a very aggressive side like PSG or uh, Barcelona, then maybe it makes sense to have a robust midfield and, you know, not try and create from midfield, but try and stop the opposition uh, and, you know, rely on your fullbacks and uh, your front three to um, make something happen. But certainly in a, in, a, in a game like Everton, away from home, when it's already kind of cagey and very intense, I didn't like seeing the midfield three of Henderson, Wijnaldum and Milner with Milner stationed on the left side of midfield. Milner coming on. The thought of James Milner coming on as a substitute is not something that, that should cause us any pain or discomfort. But recently the thought, Dave, of Adam Lallana coming on, <laughs> it, it, it sort of fills me just with what the absolute fuck. You know, look, the kid's had a terrible time with injury. He's been basically useless to us in the whole time he's been there. And it's not it's not his fault. You know what I mean? The kid's been cracked more than, more than he's been, been been there. But seriously, like is he even a footballer anymore? Like it it's 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 grim. It really is and, and what I don't get is what is Klopp thinking? What does he see in him, obviously in training or something, that we're missing completely? Oh well look, Dave. Well, I've talked earlier on in the season about, you know, the Lana's primary use, what I thought it would be this season. And it's to come on and, and slow the game and, and retain possession high up the pitch. But and, Henderson's and, and already help. there for 90 minutes doing the fucking same thing, slowing us down, back passing, sideways passing. I thought Henderson was one of our best players probably, actually. Really? I thought... I thought really? I thought... Blunt had us a lot. He had one or two... He had one very good moment where he put it through to Salah. But very often he was checking back and playing backwards and playing sideways. He was solid, but he was only solid. And I think the problem with the midfield yesterday was it was too solid. And even when we took Wijnaldum off, we replaced it with solid. We didn't need solid. Everton aren't that good. So the fact that Matt, the fact the fact Fit here is the fact know? here is, Chief, that that we would think we would have run at them, would have caused them problems, would have scored goals. We made it very, very easy for them. Yes, they've been given credit earlier in this pod. They played well, but they didn't. Well, they played all right, but they didn't have to play well. They just had to, to give it everything, which they were always going to do. And we played right into their hands. We were cagey. We were conservative. We, uh, we were introspective. We were safe and cautious. The manager was safe and cautious. The players were safe and cautious. And we fell right into their not-that-well-laid trap. And it was a bit of a horror show all around in general. And yes, it's good that we didn't lose, but we shouldn't have been going into the last 20 minutes when it's even thinking about losing that game. Not in a million years. Anyway, we like. But it's not good to go last 20 minutes, last 25 minutes at, at Goodison needing a goal and not getting a shot on target. 
Our last shot on target, I heard on the Anfield Rap earlier, was in the 54th minute. That's pretty shocking. You know what I mean? So It doesn't give any idea that you're chasing anything, Chief. There's no chase there. There's no urgency and, there. Yeah, no chase. There's no real... I mean, you could say there's no urgency. There's no need to get a goal, but there is a need because you are handing the initiative back. And yeah, you don't want to lose, but you shouldn't think about that. You weren't thinking about that earlier in the season. Don't think about it. Don't think about it That's now. That's the point, Neil. In the early part of the season, he was wanting to blow them away. What change? What, have, is it fear? Is it? Is it? You know? Is it as simple as that? I don't think. I don't. I don't, guys. I don't think a lot's changed. To be to be brutally honest with you, I don't think. I don't think a lot has changed. If you cast your mind back to Watford away, we win three nil. We probably create as good chances in that game as this. Um, Wolves away from home, pretty much the same. We score from probably two of the three clear chances that we get, and we don't concede much in way of chances at the other end. And Do you think it's this, just a matter of finishing? I, I genuinely think it's a matter of finishing. I absolutely do, 100%. I think if, if Salah takes one or two of those chances and one of the other ones goes in, and we're walking away with a 2 or 3-0 win here. We're thinking, great away performance. Managed the game quite well. Didn't work really scintillating, but it's convincing. It's another three points. It's another clean sheet. And realistically, guys, with the chances that we created, that's what it should have been. Now, yeah. I get that the subs weren't to everybody's taste. I and I, I, to, to say the least, I don't understand that. But we're talking from our perspective as to what we wanted the team to do and what we expected the team to do. Based on the substitutions he made, yes, it looked very much like he was erring on the side of caution, particularly with the Lalana sub, because I do agree that, that Milner has something to offer in attacking sense, certainly a little bit more than Wijnaldum, but obviously not as much as, as Kaida and Shakiri. So, you know, there's there's a, a he went for the less attacking option of the three, and I get that. We could, if we cast our minds back to last year, Klopp's getting criticised for doing that sort of thing equally as he is now. He's getting criticised for for being too wild and not being pragmatic enough, and you know, not being able to to keep clean sheets. And guys, you know, the way that we played yesterday is, isn't that dissimilar to the way we have been playing, and that's why we have. So many clean sheets, and that's why we have conceded so few goals. So uh, Van Dyke was know, a monster, Dave. To be honest with you, worth noting. Van Dyke, absolutely, absolutely, probably our best player. And 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 I think I agree with saying I thought Henderson had a good game, but Dave, you'll say I'm always going to say that. So fair enough. No, no, I um, I give him credit as I have done in the past. I thought he was fucking atrocious. I, well, not so much atrocious, but it's not what we need. And and and, and, the, and the sooner our fan base get over the fucking fact that this is such a fucking limited player that is so easily upgraded, and we are persisting with such a limited player that is so easy to upgrade, and the fact that we have an upgrade sitting on the bench is what winds me up completely. I don't necessarily agree with that, but what I will say, as I thought Fabinho was pretty poor yesterday, I thought his passing was poor, a lot of overhead passes. He does slide the one through for for um, for Salah, but. It's not the level that he's been showing in, in the last couple of months. But it's, it's, not, it's not also not what we should be look what we should be looking from for Fabinho. He's there to break no, the way it, up and move it on simply to a player who can then carry the ball forward. We don't have one. No, 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 Dave. I don't agree with that at all. I think that's. I think you've described Jordan Henderson's job there perfectly. I think that's his job. I think his job is well, to break well, the play up and move Fabinho's it on simply job because he's, he's Fib- far Fib- superior. 
and I'm talking about stratospheres, universes apart in talent. Uh, Fabinho's, Fabinho's range of passing is Alonso-esque, and Absolutely. I don't, I don't have any issue saying that. So that's his job. His job, yes, is to break pay up, and you know, from any club midfielder, he's, he's got to be, he's got to be able to do more than two things. I know I'm going to and insult job, you. I know I'm going to insult you by saying this. Jordan Henderson's mm-hmm. job to me yesterday was get the ball back to Allison. That's honestly, that's that's the majority of what I saw. I watched it twice. Okay. All right, fair, maybe, maybe not. But I, you, you commented earlier on how Everton played and to give them credit. And let's be honest, there wasn't an awful lot of space ahead of him. And that goes for Fabinho as well. So Fabinho's having to put a ball on a sixpence to find somebody and not even he was able to do that in that game. So I think, guys, you were right. I think probably, you know, if we wanted to go and really try and win the game, Kite is the sub, Kite is the, the, the one the one player, let's be honest, the one midfield player who can pick the ball up and beat a man because none of the other, none of the rest of them have it, have it in them. Not really. And either hit one so Jordan Little Arms can palm it into the top corner or slide one through for Salah or, or, or Manny or Bobby. Like, for yeah, me, I agree. For, I agree. Kind of was a sub for, for Milner. And, you know, I think yeah. by, the, by the time we get to Lalana, I can, in a way, almost, almost see. Klopp's reasoning, if it was to like just take all thing out of it, because he makes that in like the eighty third or something, doesn't he? So maybe he's yeah, it's less than t- it's less than ten to go, and it's not an attacking sub. But the, yeah. but that but that you know he's he's earned he's earned inside of course, and that's that's that that's what he's done, and it hasn't yeah. worked out, and it hasn't panned out, yeah. and I get that it's panned out loads of times this season, and he's 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 learned from the the stupid defeats last year that we suffered by conceding stupid goals and being too. Fancy free with with how you know relentless we were in 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 risking risking opening the game up too much to try and score a goal. So you know, it, 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 I hate to say it, it kind it kind of is what it is. I think the draw gives us the opportunity for City to you know City only have to draw now, whereas if we lose, City have to lose. So with, with the goal difference, the point could be. Could be massive. It, it might not matter, but football yeah, teams drop football teams drop points, and it's disappointing. And the performance wasn't great, and I get that. But you know, would you just need you just need to draw a line under and move on? Really, I think it's three nil nils in 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 four in a way, and we had the the, the thing with United and all. But you know, this should be theoretically. I mean, we say it was a game against any other kind of bottom ten club or bottom eleven club or whatever, but. You know, for us, of course, there's always a potential for it to be spiky because it's the derby. So you'd hope that's that's the only real, the last real hurdle out of the way, and you can well, draw a line. Yeah, well, just, t- talking about drawing lines, let's just do that. Um, you so know, here, no, actually, I, w- I would, I would like to make a point here just before you, you move, you move on. Does, yeah, does it has to do with Jordan Henderson? No. No, it hasn't to do with Jordan Henderson. Continue. I don't want to, I don't want to upset you any further. Continue. Uh, we've talked, we've talked loads about. Jordan Henderson, we've talked loads about Milner, we've talked loads about the midfield, we've talked loads about Klopp's approach. The front three have been brutal for a number of weeks now. I may be harsh Months? in saying brutal, but, but they I wouldn't go as far as Christmas, but certainly since since probably Leicester, West Ham, they they've been poor. And they've been, been down, I mean, like you look at Manny, he gets the two, what is it against Bournemouth, he gets the two? Yeah, against, and then you know Salah has a, a, a 
by a man of the match performance basically against against Watford, but doesn't score. And then they put in performances like they did yesterday. Yeah, it looks like the majority the majority of time last season we always had at least two of them firing on all cylinders. And this season, for a lot of the second half of this season, it's been more like one of them predominantly or maybe none of them, as it were yesterday. You know, it's it's a really it's a really Sa- strange Salah one for stand, me. Stands surrounded by three or four every time he gets the ball as well this season, oh, which he didn't have no, last season. But, but Dave, but Dave, he's he's two great chances to put the ball in the net. Like two, yeah, but, two but last season those go the, in, and this season they don't, and that's the difference. And yeah, know, he was he was superhuman last season. This is probably what he's still fantastic but this is what we're probably going to have going forward last season we had to put down as an exceptional season I fear um, that doesn't mean to say he's any less a player he's a magnificent footballer um, but, we, but he just had a very special season maybe but we know we know that he has the capacity to let sort of absolutely uh, things things kind of get a little bit on, on top of him in his head at certain points you know he, he started the season under a wee bit of a cloud with the the Post World Cup stuff and the, you know, the stuff with the Egyptian FA and whatever, and everyone said, "Oh, he's not smiling, not smiling." And then all of a sudden, he, he's, we play him in the form. He hits full fitness. He hits his stride, and he bang bang, he's scoring every week. And it's you know, if it's one nil, it's Mo Salah. If it's three nil, it's is it Salah this fifty with goals? Nil? Do you think has that got any? I think any it is. I think it's a monkey on his back, and I think he's overthinking it, and I think you can see that. I think when he's he's taking too many touches to try and make sure that he's definitely going to score. I mean, I think. Certainly, the the one where Michael King gets back yesterday, Mo Salah's second touch should have been the finish, and it should have been in, and King shouldn't have had a chance to get back. The the, the first one uh, where he ends up having to run around it and, and try and get it on his left, it's because his second touch is awful. Um, his first touch is decent, gets it out in front of him, then he needs to come in, obviously, on his left foot, and he, his touch takes him wide, and he should actually be trying to finish it on his right, but he, try, he has to run around it. That gives Pickford so much time to get set, that he doesn't score it. He doesn't get the finish quite right. He has another one where he sort of does his lovely kind of footwork and, and bedazzles a few of their defenders and spins and hits it, but just gets the finish a bit wrong and Pickford is kind of have an easy easy save. It goes, you know, he just catches it. So I just think it's it's one of those and he, he just needs to score. He gets the 50, that's it, then bang, he'll be off again. You see it. You see it quite often with strikers who are approaching personal milestones and stuff. And he's got that Alan Shearer thing, uh, you know, where the next goal he scores. I think. I think if he scores one in the next game, he equals a record. If he scores two in the next game, then he would break the record. But the next game is the is the kind of cutoff. I think. Um, and that's been for the last four games he's had that because he hasn't scored in four. So. Yeah, it's it's I think a, a bit of a monkey on his back, and I, you know it probably couldn't be a better side for us to face at home in this game than, than Burnley coming up. I'm sure we're going to come on to, to talk about that soon enough as well. And you know he, he just might bag a brace in that. Don't think I don't think it's anything long term. I think we, we can see that he's clearly got class. It's he's not it's not form. It's it's class, and it will his score and touch will return. Like totally agree with you. But listen, let's just do that. Let's just. Draw a line under it, and you know we're we're in the fourth of March. We're in March. It's a sharp end. Nine games to go. Quarter of a season still to go. We're a point behind. I don't think it's unassailable. Far, far, far from it. Uh, we've come back from worse. We've come back from three 0 down half time in Istanbul. We've come back from worse. We as long as we keep winning, 
City's injury list not looking too clever at the minute. Um, their form doesn't look too clever at the minute, albeit they're still scraping the results that they need. I think this is far from over. Kangas, I'll come to you first on this. Yeah, your own thoughts on it. You know, we do have, the guys have pointed out there, we have a pretty favourable fixture list coming up with Chelsea and Tottenham, both at home. And on their current form, you would have fancy us taking them. You know, like, we should be looking happy here and really looking forward to a, a real tight run-in. From our last nine games, um, I think uh, five of them are at home. Um, obviously, that includes um, uh, Spurs and Chelsea. Uh, but our, our, you know, when we have our um, crowd behind us, uh, as as we've seen in the Watford game, I think um, that that can really, really help Jurgen with his, you know, making more brave decisions, or even within the the minds of the players, you know, they they would there's not only strange, feel there's a strange phenomenon in there as well, saying is because there was a stage in the season where we were happier playing away from home and then the pressure of Anfield. Now we seem to want to play at Anfield. It's been a, str- it's, yeah. it's been a strange ebb and flow of emotion this season. Yeah, it's, it's been a rocky ride with um, ups and downs and many, many twists. And, you know, there, there's still nine games to go. And um, as, as we talked um, earlier with you, uh, Prepod, um, I think, you know, w- w- after being three months on the top of the league, um, you know, now we're one one point behind, but you know, even even when we were watching down at the pub yesterday, you know, we're you know normally we're very lively and um, singing and chanting and you know swearing all this kind of stuff, but you know there there was a bit of a, a tension yesterday where you know I think it's not just us or the fans in the stadium, the away fans or uh, even the players themselves. You know, when you have that question in your head, what if what if we slip up? What if we lose? What if we concede a goal, you know, you can, you know, it's not easy to get out of that state of mind once you start thinking about it. So now we're one one point behind with a fairly easier, very similar, but just a little bit easier, perhaps, um, um, order of fixtures. Um, And, you know, now we have absolutely, I mean, we still have a lot to lose, but, you know, we have no other choice but to actually go and win our game. So now is the first time since at least three months that, you know, we actually need to have um, a different game plan and, you know, maybe take more risks than we, we, uh, we've taken in the last few games. And, uh, you know, uh, w- with our five games at home, I think uh, it, it favors us um, to play Chelsea and Spurs at home. I, I think they're, you know, both both teams, you know, Spurs are, uh, are they even still third? But they're, they're still fighting and Chelsea are uh, obviously fighting for the top four. So, I don't think it would be as cagey as, say, Everton away. And our last four away games, I think they're not in any particular order. But um, Newcastle, who else do we have away? Um, we have the bottom three, don't we? Uh, we have Cardiff. Southampton uh, away as well in there somewhere. Yeah, Cardiff in there, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, our, our record against the um, the bottom clubs has been uh, really good until, you know, we, we got the... And they're not even bottom clubs, but we, we drew obviously against Leicester and West Ham, but especially against the bottom teams, we've um, uh, we've looked okay. So the, the run-in certainly favors us. And I'm, I think finally with us being one point behind, we could actually release ourselves and, you know, the, the players could play with a bit more freedom in, in terms of attacking and trying to be more creative and imaginative. And I think we'll finally get to see um, uh, Nabi and Shaq uh, future uh, uh, more as well. 
And um, also, I think uh, the best part about uh, this last, uh, stretch of fixtures is that, you know, obviously Ox is so close to coming back and we, we've pre- uh, talked about how we're missing that player who, who can link our... It'd be lovely our, to think he would play a part. You know, it would spot. be really unfair. It would be so unfair yep. to depend on him after a devastating injury, the if worst possible... we get possible 20 minutes here and there of worth out of him, I think we're doing very well. Exactly. I mean, we shouldn't be relying on him as well, but the point is we're getting players back from injury, um, not just Ox, but a, a few others as well. So, I mean, obviously Lovren... Uh, we'll be back uh, soon. Not that we've uh, crying for him to come Nobody back or anything. To care. <laughs> Nobody seems Nobody to care. He's not even on yeah. the radar. Yeah. Marab's been good. And Marab was, was good. Marab was good, as Neil says. He was good yeah. on, on, on Sunday, stepping out with a ball. He brings something different, He was the one fucking player who actually yeah. beat a man on Saturday for he, something. He, bring, he brings us something I mean, different out of defence. The advantage of playing Matip in your defence and when he does those runs, as Neil mentioned, you know, the, the, the Everton midfield and defence didn't know what to do because when you're marking all of the opposition midfield and the front three, and obviously if, if, if you have a centre half who's running with the ball um, past midfield towards your attack, you know, are you going to unmark Salah to go and try and tackle Matip or are you going to leave uh, Sadio Mane free? You know, it's... I think even regardless of whether you have Keita on or not, you, you'd still have uh, Matip making those runs and it would confuse every single team as they wouldn't know who to um, unmark or l- let go um, and make that sacrifice. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it could be, you know, he, he could end up being quite an important player for us um, in the last stretch of picture, fixtures. I, I just look at City's fixtures and, you know, we, we spoke about, you know, the potential that we could be five points ahead. Um, I'm, I'm having two two games in hand on them, and those two games in hand to be United and Spurs for City. You know, given their injury list, um, given the fact that a key injury, much has been made of of the contribution of uh, Fernandinho on uh, in, in that side, and you know, the, like Stones is down now, Laporte's down now. They're getting their their injuries at the wrong time, really, um, with, with nine games to go, and I think. You know, I, I know that we're Liverpool fans. We're going to be clutching at straws. We're going to look at every positive. We're going to look at every silver line that we can possibly do. I, I, I'm the same, but I'm just not. You know, yesterday I was. It felt so terminal a nil nil to me. That was the word. It felt terminal, but it's not. It's it's it's. We've given up the lead, but there's a part of me maybe screaming to get out that we might do better as the hunter rather than being the hunted. It seemed like that earlier in the season. We we operated really. On a, we were operating at probably at our best level uh, in the Christmas period, and our first, you know, knock was when we uh, lose against Man City, and we could have gone ten points clear that day. And and as it was, they they pulled it back to four, I think, because they beat us. Um, and sort of since then, they've, they've kind of chipped away. I mean, we've always been ahead, and since December, on when, when we've had the same number of games played, we've we've been top. So we have surrendered the lead, and it is out of our hands now. I mean, there, there are no two ways about it. There is something to be said that, that this Liverpool, as a Liverpool as a club, certainly in the in the more modern era, has always operated better as an underdog, and they haven't really ever. We haven't really ever set the pace. You know, this is undoubtedly our best title run in probably since 1990. Let's be honest. Um, you feel like so, inexperience might be playing a bit of a part in it. I think it's just that. You know, there's a there, there's enough guys there who have won stuff. You know, Van Dijk, well, and and it's rubbish that he won. So that's where it don't. Be. I, I yeah, think there's enough cool. experience in there, really. Yeah. 
I do as well. I don't think it's a factor. I think it's something that the media will always talk up because that's what they do. That's the kind of thing they talk about, you know. I think, as you say, there are plenty of champions uh, in that in that side, players who have won things with, with uh, both the Premier League and titles in, in other uh, countries. And <clears throat> absolute winners. I mean, they wouldn't be in the position they're in if they weren't winners. You know, 70 points after 29 games is, is mental. Going toe-to-toe with, with probably the most expensively assembled and one of the most star-studded Man City teams of all time with the best uh, and so on. So, you know, you you have to say already they're performing at an absolutely elite level. But you look at I mean, you look at the run in and the way things pan out in terms of uh, when the fixtures are played is going to be pretty important. You know, it always is. You've seen it so many times over the years. How many times did Man United reel in teams? How many points ahead were, were Newcastle? Or how many points ahead were were um, I think United were eight points ahead the year City won it first at, at one point they, they reel it back in you know these things happen there are twists and turns and that was with like five six games to go you look at that little run where Man City um, so they play play Cardiff on the sixth and then there's a gap then they come back they go Palace away then they go into Spurs at home and United away and that's that's going to be those those two games at hand. Palace away is going to be tough for them anyway. I mean, Palace beat them at the Etihad, and um, they're just that kind of annoying team that can maybe get a point against you, maybe maybe get a draw, or maybe even win. And obviously, you've got the Spurs and United games where you you just hope that maybe Spurs just want to land a glove on them, and and of course United will want to land a glove on them. There's no doubt about that. And you just think if we are if we have one. Our games up until then, you know. Yeah, so we've got Burnley away. We've got Fulham. Then we've got Spurs, but Spurs at home. We've got a very good record at home against Spurs in general. Then we've got Southampton away. And uh, then Chelsea at home. So if you look, if you can win those games and be set five points clear with them having to go into United and, and Spurs or Spurs and United uh, and, and potential Champions League matches as well, of course. It's daunting, you know. You've suddenly you're suddenly five points behind. Yeah, you've got two games in hand, but you're five points behind, and you've got to win those games. All right, if you win, if they win those games and come out still a point ahead, then then you know it's getting hairy, and there are only a few games to go, and maybe you can't see a slip up. But certainly at the moment, there's plenty of scope. Um, obviously, we now have to be almost flawless. I would say I don't think we can pro- we can really afford. To slip up now, I think we've, we've got to hit the home straight and just go right. We need nine wins. We'll get nine wins, and I don't like this idea of nine cup finals because it sort of it almost heaps too much pressure on each individual game. We should just be doing what we were earlier in the season, taking each game as it comes and finding a way to win it. Doesn't have to be free flowing. Doesn't have to be spectacular. Just have to win the game. Well, listen, I'll, I'll come across to Dave finish up on this point, and um, you know I've seen today, Dave. Um, and I know you're going to be disgusted at this as I was, that there's a few of the idiots out there on Twitter suggesting we should just jettison Europe and concentrate in the league. To me, I think Europe is like our... It's some headspace for us, if you know what I mean, to get our heads out of that fucking title race that we're in and maybe cut loose and find a bit of form, play a bit of football. In your opinion, where do we go from here for the for the remainder of the season? You you would think on paper that, that those three games that Chief talked about there Spurs at home Southampton away Chelsea at home 
if we're to win the league, that's where it'll be won in those three matches. You would think that anyway. We've we've talked a lot about City's fixtures, but they'll be looking at they'll be looking at us playing those games when they're not playing. And those are games they'll I'd say games now they'll expect us to drop points in at least one of them. I'd say that confidently, that that'll be in their thoughts now. And if we can come through those three games, the points are important, but the the psychological impact on City might be just as important because I think that that's given them a real boost on Sunday. I'm sure it has. I'm sure that's given them a boost on Sunday, and I'm sure you know th- this is this has galvanised them since the since the Leicester result. Certainly, um, if not when they beat us, um, they saw us drop points at home to Leicester, and then you know Kyle Walker did his tweet and whatever else happened. But that's galvanised them, and they've been they've been slogging results out with with issues within the squad since. Um, and it seems right, Dave. This is a phenomenal side, and realistically, you know. Liverpool don't really have any right to win we? we're, we're also phenomenal to have held them at bay the whole season. We are. A, you you know fact, what I mean? And, and I, find no. it that, I find it very sickening that these pundits put them... You know, their squad in depth is... You know, no, doubt, no doubt about it. It's superior. They spent an enormous amount of money in doing it. But, but, one but Dave, isn't this... They're, they're not that... Isn't this, the, isn't this the point, but Dave? Isn't this the point? Generally speaking, the, the team with, with the biggest outlay on, on transfers and the biggest wage bill has generally won the league over the years, certainly in the last 20 years. And that, that's just the way it's gone. So Liverpool don't have any right to win this, this, this league. It should be Manchester United or Manchester City winning the league every fucking year, basically. That's, that's the way it should be. So we're performing above our level, and we have been performing above our level all season. So make no mistake about that. You know, people, people criticise the club now. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's moronic because he has got this team... Playing to the same level as Manchester City, Kevin De Bruyne gets paid three hundred and fifty thousand pound a week. That's almost twice our highest paid player. You know that's crazy. We can't compete with that, but we've had to do it slightly differently. And you cannot take away what we have achieved this season already. You can't take that away from us. You can't take that away from the players or the manager or everybody involved and, and put, putting that putting that side together. But now is the time where we need to arrest this this performance issue that we've been having, particularly in front of goal. It needs addressed, and it needs addressed now if we are going to win this league, because you're right. We've said all season there's so little margin for error. We created a gap earlier on in the season where we provided ourselves margin for error, but we've went to the bank and we've cashed those chips in now. So yeah, the errors. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got fuck all else to work with. Do you think, so do you think that's going to focus the mind, Dave? Do you think that's really going to focus them in? Because that's what I'm really hoping that, that the, the fact that they have dwindled away that lead is like a fucking shot in the arm to them, a kick in the arse to them. You know, we're not out of it yet. We're still in here, but we need to fucking sort it today. It 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 it, it should. It has to. It will. It has to. And if it doesn't, then. It'll be what it'll be. With regards to Europe, I, I I kind of feel that we need the momentum, particularly at this point in time. We've had a blow. We've had a we've had a big blow psychologically, no doubt about it, over the last few weeks. And I think to go out now in the Champions League, it could do, go one of two ways. It could galvanise the side, or it could tip them over the edge. I don't know. 
And it only takes to happen to two or three players for it to have an effect on the entire side and the way the entire side plays. It, you know, you talk about this team or bottlers or whatever. To talk about a team bottling something, that you're, you're talking about 15 players, 16 players, 18 players all having a mentality issue. And that's just wrong. That's not right. There are... There, you, you're trying to tell me if we bottled Virgil van Dijk's mentality fragile? Fuck away off, man. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But it does only take two or three players' heads to go to have a massive impact. Do, do you see any signs of that in our squad at the minute? Because truly, I don't. You know, I think there was a few heads maybe went down about 80 minutes yesterday, but not like, you know, the end of the world. Just, just exasperation more than anything else. But I don't think mentally that I think mentally they're still there. I think they're they're pretty strong as a unit. I'm, 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 I am not giving this up. I'm confident we can make a run at this. Still, listen. You only need to point to Watford. That's all you need to do for mentality, for performance, for for the team, the team being clinical and players being clinical. Salah being on absolute top form, even if he wasn't putting the ball in the net. So. Those performances are still there. They are still there, but they need to be displayed consistently now. There's an interesting thing that I, I thought we might talk about, which was this, which has been this this switch to four three three because we've seen it in pretty much every game since West Ham, I think, and and Leicester before that as well. So I think West Ham's the only game in the last certainly five, maybe six games that we've seen it. So I don't know if that's what we've been working on when we were away, and it's just taken a little bit of time. To do adjust to it, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. You I don't know. know. Do you not think we'll see four two three one the next game? No, I don't. I think we will. Man. I think uh, at I, home against Burnley, I think we'll we'll play the extra attacker most certainly, or at least I, if we play the four three three, it'll be definitely with with the Nabi Kaida or Shakiri in that three. Yeah, well, this is what I'm. This is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's a four three three with the with the um with the extra more creative midfielder in there. So maybe I mean, we've probably got to Fabinho and yeah. Milner probably. Yeah. And and yeah, and Shakiri or Kaida. Yeah, that would work. That would work for Fabinho Milner or Kaida might might be an interesting one. But you've got to remember, I mean, last last season when, when we really we were talking about the front three and the front three and the front three, and we're we're right to do so. They were great. But when we were at our best, you know, we were a front four. And that's what we we're looking to have this year. That's why we were at the Fakir and all the rest of it. Was, you know, and in the last few games, we've and in big games this season, we've and you, you know you can see why because you know you put the extra midfielder in because you go try to go more solid, but it's been to our detriment quite quite often. Well, certainly in the sense that we haven't got the wins necessarily, and in some games, particularly Champions League ways, we've actually been defeated. But um, I suppose you could say maybe we would have lost some of those league games, you know, and not gotten the draws, but. Yeah, I'm interested to see which way he goes on it because um, it, it, it makes quite a big difference to, to how that front three functions, having that one extra, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, you know, regardless of the, regardless of the shape, it's a, it's a personnel thing. So, yeah. you know, if it, regardless of what, regardless of whether it's a 4-2-3-1 a or 4-2-3, it's, it's that third it's that third player in midfield that, that makes the difference in what type of player that is. Not necessarily shaped from this point on in. Um, I think it will be personnel, which will be a very clear indicator of, of how Klopp's approaching a match. But I, I can't imagine that we've been away on two training camps now and we've 
seen that four-two-three one only once in the last six games or whatever it is, that that's a coincidence. I think this is what has been worked on when we've been away. Um, and I think he has worked on, I, I don't know why he's decided to make the change. Maybe it's because he thought that four-two-three-one was was something that was beginning to be worked out a little bit. And, and maybe that a change for the last, you know, 10, 12, 15 matches of the season might throw a little bit of a curveball to the opposition because they won't have a previous game of us playing like this to analyse, really, against them, certainly. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But, like I say, the the, the form of, of the front players needs to be it needs to be addressed and, and that can only be done by, by sticking chances away. And that's, to me, ultimately, what we didn't do on Sunday that cost us the points. Well, listen, lads, we're, is there anything else anybody wants to bring up in, in, in closing before we, we'll close the pod? Any other points you feel you want to make or anything? Floors open, far away, guys, anybody? I just wanted to add on, on what we're saying just, just maybe about five minutes ago, what, what Dave was saying about the, about the team and, and the achievement and, and the level that they're playing at and, and, and so on. And I just think that no matter what, really, Unless we have a spectacular collapse, which which is unlikely, you know, if if we go on to record ninety four or ninety seven points, you know, upwards of upwards of ninety points, you know, I think Klopp has to be he has to be really in in in, in the running for for manager of the year. I mean, or manager of the season. I know you know people might look at Guardiola, or whatever. Maybe they'll look at someone like Spirit uh, Santo, someone like that. Who knows? But. The the jump would be massive, you know. Twenty, it would be something like twenty three points, twenty two points in a season. Uh, we were to get the ninety seven points, and I don't think that can be sniffed. That I mean, that that's taking a team that was really struggling, not not struggling, but really had to fight hard just to get fourth last year, albeit with a with a with a Champions League run. But you know, really had to pull out all the stops essentially to get that that fourth place. And we get fourth. We get fourth place, chief, in the last day of the season. Exactly. The last two years. The last two years. Exactly. And and to and to make that jump in one season to to, to become, you know, real bona fide title contenders against, as we've said, the most expensively assembled and um, you know one of the most star-studded city teams um, we've seen. Well, in, well, in, in Premier League history, not the city teams. You know. And let's let's be it's honest. Huge. Probably. Let, let's be honest. The the Certainly, the best, the best manager of the of the modern era, if not, yeah, and, and the, possibly and the, all time. You know the the the, the pin up model, the poster boy model, the model, or model, the the manager. You know, yeah, he's he's, uh, done, he's done what he's done what people say couldn't be done. He's he's basically broken every record in the book, and they've talked about oh, when it until he wins a a, a Champions League without Messi. There's loads of fucking managers haven't won a Champions League with Messi. And he's done everything. He just pisses every league he goes to. Usually, yeah. I'll tell you, I, I, belie- I believe him. Whenever he wins the Champions League with Manchester City, a team with absolutely no fucking history or no interest in Europe, then he'll be really, really, really fucking special. And he's Dave, Dave, he stopped. He stopped a hundred fucking points in the board last no, year. He's never I, I, been done no, done before he, ever. I am not questioning his ability or anything about it. But I'll tell you what. And don't forget, he he took a team. Where did they finish? They finished third or fourth the year before. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he went. No, he's a fantastic. But and he'll never win the Champions League with Man City. And if he does, he, he's elevated the fucking god level as far as I'm concerned. I don't think. It, I don't think. It, I personally don't think it really makes a fucking difference whether he does or whether he doesn't. I think that whether, it, whether, whether he doesn't, the the achievement that uh, club of club this season to to lift Liverpool to be in genuine real title contenders against that team and push them all the way 
is monumental. And it cannot be snipped at no matter what happens. So if there are any Liverpool fans out there who who are, are going to even consider the Butler tag or, or consider that, um, that there's some kind of failure from this point if we don't win the league, you're mad. Uh, anybody want to plug, write a table or anything? Any, anybody want to plug anything tonight? Go to bed early at the weekends. Yeah, and I can see you fucking living by that. Like, uh, <laughs> but anyhow, listen, lads, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much to the three of you for for coming on tonight. We kind of missed last week, kind of my fault, um, but apologies for that. Um, hopefully, we'll be back. We've got a bit of a break for the next game, actually, so we'll be back again after the next one. But in closing, I, I leave you with a little nugget of information. The first time I ever saw Liverpool win the win the league. Was 77, 77, 76, 77. Guess who we beat? We beat Manchester City to the title by one point, and Manchester Manchester United finished sixth. And I and I'm pinning my hopes on exactly the same result this time <laughs> round. And I'll tell you what, up the fucking Reds. This isn't over. We're winning this fucking league, and we'll see you next week.